Welcome to This Is Not A Meeting. Hey, uh, grab a chair, have a seat at the table here. We are a community talking about sobriety, recovery, and overcoming challenges every single day. We uh, really don't claim to be experts because we're not. We are walking this journey with you, and we are just trying to become our best selves the same way that you are. I am Scottage, and around the table with us we have... Big Joe. Jimbo. All right, and one of the newest changes that that uh, I brought to the table, and I hope you guys have noticed and have appreciated, is that there is a flag at the end of the table of a skull and crossbones. The Jolly Roger. The Jolly Roger, and why? Because we raise it every time the Pirates win, and they just pulled off the win on the home opener, and this is a flag that will be out for the rest of the season because it is... Uh, one of my traditions. Because to have we this. support Nottings Wallet. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> there is a for people who are not in Pittsburgh, there's a huge uh, controversy saying that he doesn't put out a great team. He just tries to make money and save money and not put it into the players. Um, He's a wonderful businessman. But yeah, it's a business for him. He's, it's a profit thing, you know? I'm an old soul. I like baseball. Still one of my favorite sports of all time. I could sit down and watch a baseball game start to finish without a problem. And 162 times in this season, you will be able to do that. Absolutely. I actually like to listen to it. Well, I have I'm to listen older. to it. <laughs> yeah, I have to listen to it because, uh, you know, we cut the cord and we're just like internet TV at this point with Netflix and Hulu and whatever. Maybe that's why I like to listen to it. Because <laughs> I don't have the choice to watch it. <laughs> Maybe I'm new school, then I like to watch. If you, are, if you have any influence on the Pittsburgh Pirates organization, please tell them to leave Root Sports and put it back onto the regular TV. <laughs> no chance. Yeah. Not happening. So it is baseball season. It just began. Um, and uh, that's a really cool thing. You know, it gives us some, some other traditions. We talk about traditions a lot, and, uh, and there's some traditions that are tied that up in that. sense of the new beginning, everybody's got a chance. Everybody starting out zero and zero. I love that every spring, every team thinks they have that shot at winning it all. They do. Except, of course, the Tampa Bay Rays. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the deal. And this is going to tie into our, into our topic today. But when you hear players talking, how much... How much like I hear it, players getting interviewed, and and the the local reporters always ask the same the same ridiculous question of do do you think that your team has a chance to make it to the finals? You know, do you have, do you have a chance to make it to the World Series this year? And the player, without hesitation, will always say yes. I don't know if it's because they're at zero zero and everybody's at zero zero right now, but surely they look around and see some other teams that are like. That team's really loaded. Okay. <laughs> that is a solid team. Do we have the same talent level? And how much of that is being pie in the sky? And how much of that is is just a denial of wanting to be honest about life? Now, I mean, this happens in every sport. It's not just baseball, right? But you've got to be able to look around and say, there's some teams that are just better than us. But yet you've got to claim we're World Series worthy until your record starts to show that it's not. And then nobody's really asking you. It's the old playoffs? Playoffs? You want to talk about playoffs? <laughs> right? Where where does rigorous honesty, because that's that's a huge piece of of being able to, to just live life in, in a good way, is to be 100% honest about things. Where Where did those traps come whenever 
you're being asked something or, or something just popped up and you now have to say what may not be popular or what may look like you're, you're per- portraying a particular perspective that everyone else is going to not want to embrace. And that's, it goes back, as soon as I hear the topic of rigorous honesty and Joey and I being in the rooms, we obviously try to do it in all of our affairs as best as our ability, but it always comes back to, you see it on every sitcom in the last 30 years when the wife comes out of the dressing room and says, does this dress make me look fat? It's the ultimate awkward situation where rigorous honesty, no husband in the last 30 years on a sitcom has been able to been honest. You know what I mean? I just like think of show after show. I've seen that scene play out so many times. And it's just like all the way uh, back to the Flintstones. Oh, it's crazy. But that's one of those things like it's damn near impossible to be rigorously honest with everything you take into consideration right away. If I'm honest, I'm going to hurt this person's feelings. If I say this, I'm going to feel, so you always have that precursor out there before you respond. And that's kind of nice in its own, in its own way, because of working these steps in the program that I'm in, I don't have to right away, jump in with a response to that. I'm able to pause now and take a deep breath before I right away say, yes, that dress makes you look fat. <laughs> and then duck. <laughs> right. <laughs> don't duck. Pat. I'm the only single one at the table, so I don't get asked that question, thankfully. But the nice thing is, like, I can pause and be like, oh, well, it's a beautiful color. Like, you know what I mean? You can find another way of wording it. And that's what those shows always show you. Like, you're like, no, but it's a beautiful pattern. Like, all these weird different things that you can say. Right. But you're avoiding. Exactly. So do you have to, the whole, it goes right back with rigorous honesty. If you do it on every single thing, I don't think anybody at this table or in anybody ever is able to maintain rigorous honesty with everything. Well, yeah, I agree. I think that it's, I think it's ridiculously hard to do that. And in that situation that you're describing, the, it comes down to, on some levels, I think the, the relationship, you know, some relationships you can be. As long, you can say, yeah, that dress isn't good on you, you know, or, or does this, does this look okay? And eh, no, you know, those colors are off. Well, yeah, see, I, I'd never ask you if I looked fat in what I'm wearing because I know the answer. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have to lie to me, Jim. <laughs> or, or, or look at the question behind the question. You know, she's not the, the, sometimes we ask a question, but we're really looking for a different, a different angle than what, we, what the question implies. You know, it's really not about the dress at that point. It's, do you find me attractive? That's the question that's being asked. You know, you can answer that question pretty honestly. I mean, so sometimes, sometimes I think it's, there's a question behind the question that comes from that stuff. And, and how much of our honesty requires a perception, maybe a discernment into what's the question, what's really being asked here? Maybe that's a mental process that, that takes some skill, actually, to try and break down. But what what do you think about that? Just that there's there's a question behind the question. That makes sense to me because I, I can totally relate to what you're saying there. And that's like the program that I'm in where that rigorous honesty keeps me sober one day at a time. Because down to my core, I had to be honest with myself that the drink was killing me. So that was like the first time in years I was finally honest is when I finally admitted I was 100% powerless against alcohol. When I finally had that revelation, it was, oh, okay. So now I can start making strides in the right progress. Like it wasn't, there were so many other questions that I wasn't being honest about, but when it finally came down to it, 
when I was fully honest about the drink was killing me, things went in the other direction. I finally was honest enough to realize that I needed to work on something to solve this problem. One good, yeah, and one good thing about being honest is I was just at a meeting this weekend talking about it. Um, it can stop like fights with other people. Like if someone looks at me and says, "Boy, you're being an asshole," and I, <laughs> <laughs> like, the ultimate reaction is to fight with them and defend yourself. But if you can take a step back and be like, "Yeah, really, I was. I'm sorry." Right, right. <laughs> and you look at them; they're gonna. They might have actually been looking for a fight. You know what I mean? And, and you look at their facial expression like you just called yourself an asshole like <laughs> but that's the kind of stuff that i have to do you know to uh better myself to make me feel better to take the step forward in life you know you gotta call yourself out on your shit and own your shit own it and you'll be good to go i mean uh it actually feels so good like it sucks Right. Do you take five minutes? It's the alternative to live in that web of lies that we used to live in. It's just, it's nice now where if does something does upset me, I can actually confront it. I can tell that person, hey, I really didn't like that tone, whatever the case may be. And we talked about this before, but when I was FaceTiming my old man, the first thing out of his mouth was, nice double chin. <laughs> <laughs> I told I didn't tell him directly, but via the podcast, I mentioned it. He listens to that episode and he goes, "Oh, I didn't realize that I had done that." I was like, "Oh, okay." So there's always ways of telling people how things uh, affect you in a way, right? Yeah, and and there are two sides to this coin at that point, you know, because there's there's being rigorously honest with somebody else, and then there's being rigorously honest with yourself. That's the hard one in my and. Opinion. Yeah, and it is hard at first. I find it a little bit easier. The more that you are honest with yourself and about yourself, I think the easier it becomes because you're knocking down yourself off your own pedestal. You Absolutely. Know? I mean, you're... <laughs> <no, he's, laughs> that wasn't me. <laughs> that, was, that was a question. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so you're knocking yourself down. You're, you're, you're finding your own humility, and, and you're beginning to live in that. And the more that you live in that and say, yeah, you know what? I'm not the shit all the time. I'm not, I'm not like the, the greatest thing on this planet. The bee's knees. Um, yeah. What, <laughs> whatever that means. I don't even think they have knees. Like Do puppy, they have knees? Puppies and unicorns. Yeah, puppies and unicorns and Bogart. Right. <laughs> 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 But but you do. I mean, the more that you live in that humility, the the easier I think it becomes over time. I mean, don't do it once and then think it's going to be the easiest thing ever. But but you can admit that you're being a jerk at times. You can admit that hey, you know, I do it with my daughter. To be honest, I, there's times I'm going, I go back to her. I'm like, hey, look, I was a total crab. I you know, I, I'm yep. sorry. I, I I should not have responded the way that I responded, and and I'm sorry. And and I think that that. That not only keeps me in check, but it gives her an example of how she can do the same thing. Does that make sense? Yep. So you've got both sides of that where you've got a rigorously honest 100% with yourself. It gets a little trickier when you're trying to be with somebody else. And something else, uh, other people can see it before you do. And what sucks is when that other person calls you out on it. Because you automatically (laughs) want to go into defense mode. Oh, yeah. You know, And my wife will tell me, I'll start being an ass, you know, and she'll be like, you need a meeting. 
because that's what fixes. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, I'm like, you, you want to go off the handle? Like, no, I don't. What the hell are you talking about? <laughs> you take a step back, like, huh? <laughs> I think she's right. <laughs> but anybody around you can see it. Can see it forming quicker than you do, for the most part, I would think. I agree with that. The hard part is what you were talking about, Scott, when you have to be rigorously honest with yourself. I don't know if it's just the alcoholic mindset that I have or whatever the case may be, but a lot of times I'll take it to the extreme, and we talk about a lot on here, that whole stinking thinking mindset where all of a sudden from deflating the ego to a nice normal level to all of a sudden you're a piece of shit again. You're scum. Right. So how do you balance that? And I have... I'll fully be honest with everybody. I struggle with that all the time where everything on the outside's good internally though, I'll beat myself up again where to deflating the ego to a point, but then all of a sudden you take it to the extreme where you're not even worthy enough to be. And I don't even know where that B is, but you know what I mean? Like I can take it to the extreme when I try to humble myself sometimes. And it's a slippery slope where obviously you're not being honest at that point. If you're beating yourself up to the point and I've done it and I still do it occasionally where it's just like, and then you pause again and take that deep breath and look back. Like you really think you're that terrible of a person? Like, and that was a big revelation recently where it gets mentioned a lot in the rooms where people thought they were just such terrible people. We mm. were sick people trying to get well, right? We're not bad people trying to get good. We were just sick. We had an illness. We were, there is an illness with alcohol and I'm just trying to get well. And that's the thing where it's that tricky slope where, all of a sudden, that stinking thinking can go down pretty quickly where all of a sudden, I don't think I'm in, even worthy enough to have that conversation. Well, right. I think it was funny. I was talking to a guy in the rooms the other day who I really haven't talked to much throughout the five and a half years that I've been in it. And uh, I'm bullshitting to him at the end. And uh, he goes, wow, Joe, you've come a long way. You're a real asshole when you first came into the rooms. <laughs> now I'm thinking, <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, I always thought I was genuine nice person even in my act of a drink and that's the first time anybody said that to me either <laughs> i was like <laughs> caught me way off guard i'm like man maybe i have to take a step back and look was i that big of an asshole <laughs> it wasn't the rigorous honesty that he was expecting that's no right. it caught me way off guard because it's like i said it was a guy that like it'd be different if jim said it to me you know what i mean and i but it was a guy that really didn't know me. It was coming from a guy that didn't know me. Right. You know what I mean? Oh, his, yeah. His perspective of it. I was like, huh, I never looked at it like that. He's <laughs> like, yeah, you've come a long way. And I'm like, huh, cool. <laughs> and that's the big thing that, again, it's weird how these topics come up on these shows organically because throughout life and the meetings that we go to and every day. But the big thing I've been working on lately, which, again, <laughs> progress not perfection is that blimp view is much better like i'm so close to myself obviously mm. i'm inside myself so like with, there was jokes about that on a show i was watching the other day but if i'm able to take that blimp view and look at the progress i have made over the nine and a half years that i've been on this journey it's monumental but when i'm right in the moment of it right now at 11 o'clock in the morning like it feels like i haven't accomplished anything Right. And that's like, I got to be honest with myself and realize the huge strides that I've made compared to, oh, well, this week was terrible. Well, so it was a terrible week. Let's move on. <laughs> I got a new one starting tomorrow. <laughs> I don't realize like all the good things that I have happened, all the relationships that I have been able to make huge strides on. Right. So like that honesty factor has been huge over the last nine and a half years 
because I have been able to make all these other improvements, but in the moment, it doesn't seem like anything's changing. Well, and that's, I think that's a really, a really cool perspective because there is, there's an honest about my shit, but then there's an honest about, about the good stuff. You know, I mean, take, take an honest assessment of what's, what good has happened and, and what good things, you know, find, find that thankful honesty as opposed to the corrective honesty. You know, I mean, the, the honesty that finds the blessings in your life, that finds the good, that, that can focus on, on where the world and my life is in a positive situation. And that's huge for early recovery as well. If you even have one or two things that you can hold on to, a son, a daughter, a pet, family member, anybody, if that thing is solid, if you hold on to that and try to mirror other things off of that, I think progress will come a lot faster for you. A lot of people, I don't have anything. Find that one or two things. Find that group or that meeting that you go to every week. Hold on to that for dear life, and other things will start to come into your life just as much as you are honest with that group or that thing. I agree with what you're saying, and I don't know if I butchered it, and if I did, I'm sorry. No, no, you did good. <laughs> <laughs> whenever it comes to that, you can you can find those few things. You know, my... Whenever I walk into the room, my dog thinks I have been missing for 12 years and just came back. You know, I mean, it's like <laughs> she's whining and crying and wanting to get over to me and, you know, putting her head on my leg and come on, come on. Hey, I can't believe you've been gone for so long. You know, it's like I was gone for like 10 minutes. I stepped outside, <laughs> I stepped outside and came back. But you do. You find those few things that, that work for you. Now, I think this topic that we're talking about now is goes back to the trust too i mean the rigorous honesty has a lot to do with trust i agree um because as soon as someone catches you in a little white lie uh is there really little lies no there's not because they're all huge <laughs> they're all huge and they drive me up a wall like when it goes comes down to my son saying that he brushed his teeth and i know he didn't because his teeth are yellow and it's like you did not brush your teeth this morning. I can see the film still on it. There's a piece of broccoli right between the two teeth. <laughs> now he, he he shuts the door. I'm like no 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 no. You shut the door when you go to the bathroom. You're gonna leave it open when you brush your teeth. <laughs> it's like the trust is gone. It's like leave the door wide open. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, just the little things in life. Well, like you said, there is no little lie because that little lie just totally gets rid of the trust it does it lies break down the trust regardless of how big they are how small they are and fast. as we want to try and say that they're they're big or small a lie breaks trust it just does 100 percent breaks it absolutely it's terrible <laughs> and it makes people question what else are you not telling me the truth it makes about? you question everything yeah and then like i said the dangerous places I mean, I was always brought up as an idle mind, as a dangerous mind. And when you're just sitting there and somebody says something and your mind just starts running. Right. Like, was that true? You know? Because it hurts whenever people lie to you. I mean, oh, yeah. It, when you have, like, I've talked about in the last episode, putting that trust into somebody, that that hurts when that when the trust gets broken, the lie comes in and the rigorous honesty isn't there because to have that true relationship, we talk about the, the true blue relationship. I mean, the lies were probably never there. <laughs> you know what I mean? The, the, the right. trust, 
the trust was wasn't broken down because once it breaks down it's it, i'm not saying that it can't be built back up and it's different for different people in your life but um it's a lot harder to come back out of it it was one of those last night joey and i were texting back and forth about just some random topic and the conversation was pretty much over and then out of the blue i got a text i love you <laughs> and i'm like is he just being over what i responded back with a haha love you too buddy and thankfully he uh, responded back that was meant for somebody else that was going to heidi yeah <laughs> i was just like wow that is a weird way to wrap up a conversation is this something new that he's trying to do or <laughs> he's being honest i, I don't know i it made me very uncomfortable <laughs> now to be honest with you i was on my way to the casino with jaybird <laughs> that's what it would be <laughs> and I was texting and driving. <laughs> and I was texting you and Heidi at the same time, and that one was supposed to go to Heidi. <laughs> now I feel better. <laughs> but as I said in the text, I do love you, Jim. <laughs> you too, Jim. That's beautiful. Wow. It's a beautiful scene right now. It is. It's one of those things where in time, and the nice part about this, and again, I always preface all these things where it's all been progress and i'm by no way perfect at all this but it does become almost second nature which is nice where before second nature was lying to cover up the lie to cover up the lot honesty works the same way if i start being honest in everything i'm doing i can just continue like i'm not even thinking about it anymore which is to i'm assuming what normal plate. people do like it's a weird <laughs> concept like I joked around before where I was like starting to brush my teeth again, do all those things. Like it's that normal where all of a sudden you start telling one thing truthfully and, and all of a sudden it's just like, and then the opposite happens when you do throw out that random white lie or whatever it is, you catch yourself like that wasn't the right thing to say at all. And it's just like, what do I have to do about this? And we refer back to it a lot, but thankfully there's a step for it at the end of the day. If I have wronged somebody, I can promptly and quickly make it right. And I don't have to let it be, oh, I'll just try to avoid that person for the next three years or the next time I see him, I'll just tell them one more lie to cover up what I, I don't have to live that way anymore. Right. It's such a huge relief to actually be able to be honest with people. Right. I even go as far as backing stories up, like, cause whenever I was in my act of addiction, I mean, you tell stories to make them sound better. Like I went fishing, I caught six fish. Meanwhile, I only caught three. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and those stories and I've, I've I've caught myself telling stories now where I'll go through it and be like, yeah, I caught six fish, and then I'll keep telling the story. I'm like, why did I just lie about that? And back it up, like, no, honestly, I only caught three. They were really small. <laughs> I had to throw them back. <laughs> but little stuff like that, I mean, it, it comes down to keeping your side of the street clean. Right. You know, because Jimbo was with me, and he knew I only caught three fish, <laughs> and he's standing there just like, <laughs> What are you talking about? <laughs> well, and it, uh, it requires a certain amount of tact at some point. I mean, you, you start out kind of fumbling over how am I going to be honest, but then I think you've got to develop a skill of tact. You know, right. I mean, when, early on in my, in my years, I worked at Radio Shack, and, and I don't know if you remember you walking into a Radio Shack, but they were famous for all these little, like, watch batteries, you know, and little tiny squares and rectangles of, of cardboard that would hang on a wall. The ones at our store were, I mean, they were on the wall, but they were, you know, they kind of looked a little befuddled probably. And, and the, the, man, the regional manager came to the store and he said, hey, have you seen this other store, this guy at this other store, you know, Joe from this other store? 
and uh, I said, "Yeah, I've seen I've seen his wall." And his wall was man, I mean, you you couldn't have, a city planner couldn't have planned blocks better than how this guy had this stuff organized and laid out. I mean, it was you you could barely see that there was space between these battery packages and I mean, it was it was beautiful as far as as far as that stuff goes. He said, "Have you seen this other guy's, you know, wall?" And I said, "Yeah." He said, "What do you think?" I said, well, I think the guy's a little anal retentive, if you want my opinion. <laughs> <laughs> and the regional manager kind of took back. My, my, my store manager hung her head. <laughs> you know, she was like, I can't believe you just said that to our regional manager. And, and he said, I'm sorry, what, what did you say? I said, and so I repeated it. I said, I said, well, I think the guy's a little anal retentive, <laughs> if you want my opinion. <laughs> and and he, he said, Okay, maybe he is a little too organized. I, I, will give you, I will give you that. And then we were able to talk about the rest of what he wanted to talk about. But tact at that point would have, would have benefited me. You know, to be able to say what I was trying to communicate without actually calling this other manager, you know, the extreme situation that, that obviously was not a compliment. So some of this rigorous honesty re- requires not only the honesty, but then also how to deliver the honesty. And how to how to talk about that. And and again, it's not only with others, it's with yourself. And that's what I was mentioning before, that slippery slope where you can deflate that ego, but you don't want to take it as far as where all of a sudden you're worthless again. So I mean a good story that I'm I've been thinking about here about honesty is I I was early in the program and uh I, I had a court hearing for my second DUI and I'm sitting in the courtroom with my sponsor and I took him for accountability that I had been sober and that I had been going to meetings and that was going to keep me from going to jail. And that's what my lawyer told me to do. So I'm sitting there and uh, my sponsor goes, what are you going to tell the judge? And I'm like, oh, that I'm working this 12-step program and I'm on step four. And I actually told this to my lawyer. And uh, he looks over at me and he, and, he <laughs> and my lawyer walks away and he goes, you're lying. <laughs> I said, "What do you mean?" I said, "I'm thinking about it in my head. I know that's that's the step I'm on." He goes, "No, no, 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 no. That step you need to write it down on paper. Have you wrote anything down on paper?" I'm like, "No." He goes, "Get your phone out and start writing your list in your notes so you aren't just lying." In my head, I'm thinking, "I'm trying to plead my case here. You know what I mean?" <laughs> and it went, but it it wasn't hurting anybody but myself, you know. And when right. I'm looking back on that situation. I mean, something, I, I wasn't going to hurt anybody with that lie, you know what I mean? But myself. Right. And that I wasn't where I was at in the program, and and that just really opened my eyes to rigorous honesty at that point in the program. It was like, that little white lie, you know, was 100% wrong. Right. <laughs> well, and, and you can walk a little taller, you know what I mean, for for just using a phrase. I mean, I'm, I'm obviously never going to get any taller. <laughs> I'm still, I'm still waiting on that growth spurt, but um, that ship has sailed. They, hey, come on! Just saying. I'm, I'm, I hold, I hold out hope. You guys are the oldest guys in the room. I'm the tallest guy in the room. Yeah, <laughs> but yeah. So, so you can, you can walk a little a little taller. You can, you can stand a little more secure. You, you're you know I mean not to go through a whole bunch of trite cliches, but you feel better. Whenever, oh. whenever you're living in honesty, and whenever you, even though it may not be received well, and you don't have to say it like a smartass, you know. I mean, there's, there's obviously times where you want to deliver that honesty with just a total smartass way, 
you know, that puts somebody in their place or makes them feel stupid or, right. you know, but, but when you deliver it in love, you know, or, or something like that, you're put in a spot where you've got to say, look, I, I need to, I need to say this, but I need to say it with kindness and I need to, need to offer some grace maybe where, where it's, where it's required. Well, then something big then with that the goes honesty, good well. Yeah. Um, is something we, we, I was taught in the program and it's keeping your side of the street clean. Right. I can't worry about what Jim's doing on the other side of the street. I can't worry about what Scott's doing on the other side of the street. Street. As long as I can keep my side of the street clean and being honest is keeping your side of the street clean, then you you can walk like you said, walk a lot taller. I mean, you don't have to worry about all the garbage laying around you. You got right. it all you never threw it on the ground to begin with, so you don't got to go back and pick it back up. And is you can't worry about the other person like you will feel so much better keeping your side clean and you're like i did my best right you know and i remained honest with myself and everything else falls into place from there you know right well and in scripture you know i mean obviously that's my background so but but in scripture god says that lying is like the sin of witchcraft God takes it extremely seriously. And I've, I've put some thought into this to say, why is, why is that such a big thing? It, it seems like it shouldn't be a big deal, but it, but it breaks so many layers of trust, number one. But then it's also, I think on some levels, lying becomes a denial of who you are. Total misrepresentation. Yeah. Whether if you're lying to yourself, lying to others, you're denying who you are. And in some ways, you're denying who God made you to be. You know, there's this there's this thing where where you've been created. You've been you've you are this person. There there's nobody else who's like you. There might be somebody who looks a little like you, acts a little like you. You can say, "Hey, that person reminds me of that person." But the truth is is when it comes down to to your soul, there is no other one. You are the only one. And when you lie, you deny who that who who that person is. You didn't you it's a total denial of yourself and you're doing it to yourself. You're hurting yourself by, by just not being who you, who you are and who you were created to be. D- does that make sense? For sure. And that's why thankfully by being honest on a daily basis with everything rigorously honest, we're able to then to work these steps that are in the program that Joey and I are in where we can, peel back the layers of that onion to find out the root cause because drinking was but a symptom. Mm. So when we peel back that layer of the onion and we're honest as we work all those steps, we get to the core and we find that person that you're talking about, the person that we were designed to be. And it's a design for a living. And it's kind of nice where, like you're saying, everybody was designed to be that exactly who they're supposed to be. If you start doctoring it and adding things to it with all these lies... It's not the true representation of who you are. Right. Or cookie-cuttering it. Exactly. You know, taking out a piece of who you are to say, oh, well, that's, it's really a part of me, but I'm, I'm going to hide that part, you know, and not let, let people see that one. And, and you are, you're, you're, you're cutting away from, from who you were designed to be, and, and you find your truest sense of fulfillment when you can just allow that to be, no, that's who I am. That's, that's, that's a part of who I am. And, and that's okay. And not everybody's going to like it. You know, I mean, I, you know, we have our, we have our superhero discussions that, that Jim, Jimbo's eyes glaze over during, <laughs> but 
that's okay. You know, I enjoy that stuff. He knows I enjoy that stuff, but it doesn't mean that you have to enjoy it. You know, you you do your your jigsaw puzzles, and and I cringe because I would I would hate to have to do jigsaw puzzles because I'm just not that old. You know, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> He's been saving that up for weeks. Oh, I, I, I may have written that down somewhere. I might, <laughs> but uh, but yeah. So so it's it's that finding, and we talked about it before, where you find that happiness, that that sense of fulfillment in saying, "Here's who I am," and whenever I can say that, now I can make all kinds of decisions that that are going to allow me to to live life more fully. I think we just had a very enlightening conversation on honesty. Yes, we did. To we, be honest are. with you, I think we did too. Yeah. <laughs> we crushed it. We crushed it. Hey, three guys feeling pretty good about themselves right now. Uh, all right. Well, hey, uh, we hope that you will, with all honesty, go to the website and to iTunes and leave us reviews and subscribe to the podcast if you have not. It'll download every Tuesday for you automatically if you do that the reviews really do help even if you hate us let us oh, know swag. because we'll yeah we'll we'll actually accept that as as honest critique and uh and we'll do our best to try and to try and get better we are we're all about just trying to to get better and and uh this is no exception progress not perfection that's right and uh thank you to ftba simplifying elect electrical maintenance and uh, big joe's towing for their generosity and kindness in allowing us to do this uh, anything else, gentlemen, before we uh, say goodbye to everybody here at the table? Still love you, Timmy. All right. Have a good week. Have some fun. Love you.